This week on the Pivot and Go podcast, we have an absolutely electrifying guest. His name is Ryan Hollins. Ryan is a former NBA player, played 10 seasons in the NBA, nine for different teams. Talk about living out of a suitcase. He is the epitome of an NBA journeyman, but he worked his butt off grit, tenacity to get him to where he was to have that type of career. And now he is pivoting his career to become one of the biggest and best ESPN analysts in the game, going head to head with Shaquille O'Neal, with Skip Bayless, all the big names. Ryan Hollins is right there and he's only going to keep growing this this episode is one of my favorite episodes that i have ever done with my guest host my good friend ray mccullum we go in depth with ryan on what it's like to not know where he's going to be the next year being that journeyman how he can just put in more work than anybody else when he is has that chip on his shoulder when he's going from being a nba player to in the studio and being taken seriously and how much preparation he puts in he is going to be memorable and that's one of his quotes in here be memorable you're going to absolutely love this podcast we get into so much mindset information me and ryan are just bouncing and juicing off each other as well with ray so buckle up get ready for one of my favorite episodes the pivot and go podcast here we go EMF, 5G, yeah, we've all heard about it and we all know how bad it is. But our sponsor today, Soma Vedic, changes the game. This is the device that goes in your house that can reliably mitigate the unwanted influences of EMF and 5G radiation. It is 99.9% satisfaction by owners. And I am one of those owners, and I am very satisfied. I have it actually near my TV. It's this light that lights up. And I felt it on the first day, the effects of it. And it could take away headaches, nervousness, sleeping problems, digestion problems, tiredness, weak immunity. Just this from erasing, eliminating the EMF and the 5G that is just all throughout our day constantly. Soma Vedic is absolutely changing the game. Thank you for sponsoring the Pivot and Go podcast. Now go get your EMF and 5G erased. Ryan Hollins, welcome to the Pivot and Go podcast. Appreciate you being on, man. How we doing over there in this Zoom life? Oh man, we doing good. Great. Thank you for you fellas having me on, man. I was gonna beating you, beating the doors down, asking you. You got y'all didn't have me on in an amount of time, so uh, I'm privileged to be on, man. And you guys are doing great work here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Ron. Appreciate it, man. And we have your right hand man, the legendary guest host Ray McCollum, on the podcast too with you. Spent a couple years with you in a couple different stops in memphis sacramento and we'll we'll get into that we'll dive deep into that relationship i'm sure ray will throw some right for sure right jabs left uppercuts everything like that but ryan start us off with a bang start us off with something maybe not anybody or not many people know about you we all know the nba very talented on air what's something else like ray and these paintings behind us Oh man y'all coming with a, with a hardball hey, question we right don't mess off. around um, right we don't mess around straight to it I may say I've got four kids. Wow. Uh, a lot of people don't don't know that. That's um, amazing. 36 years old is funny. You know, people think I'm like in my 20s, which is nice. But if you're a Hoop fan, you know that I'm long and outdated. You know, I got, got the years in. 
Uh, let me think. I was a high jumper. Uh, high jump at UCLA, but I wasn't a high jumper. That was something I took third in the state and triple jump, but I literally got done playing basketball and, you know, we don't have anything to do other than get ready for college. And I went out and I ended up being good at it. So some people hear that a high jump seven feet or a triple jump, a big amount, like, oh, he did that his whole life. Or some people, I heard ridiculousness, like, oh, he did that before basketball. Like, nah, I went out and picked it up and I was good at it. Like, you know, so I, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll think of maybe something more more interesting or intriguing as as it comes up. But I, maybe that's on the did hey, not know list for Ryan Holland so far. It's definitely on the did not know list. I mean, you could have stopped after four kids. Like I was going to say, your wife is a saint. She's that's amazing, man. But she makes it happen, man. She makes it happen. Hey, you might you might have missed your true calling. You could have been an Olympic triple jumper and high jumper, but instead you settled for ten years in the NBA, man. Speaking of that, 10 years in the NBA, what a whole lot of people don't understand. So we talk on the Pivot and Go podcast about making pivots in your life, dealing with uncertainty, overcoming these obstacles. 10 years in the NBA sounds great, but with nine different teams, I mean, that's living on a year-to-year contract. That's you embracing uncertainty. And a lot of people during this time of we don't know what's coming next in this crazy world we live in, there's a lot of uncertainty. How did you cope with that? How did you turn fearing uncertainty into embracing uncertainty you know and ray can attest to this he's been in like in the locker room uh with me before and we've hung out uh i try to leave it all on the court and uh and in practice especially because one thing i realized kind of in my college career is like i know i had all this ability and i will come out of a game and if you know every game is particularly different and I would have a, a poor performance. And instead of looking at my teammates, I'd be like, man, how do I live with myself? I had two points, two rebounds, things didn't work out. But, you know, I started thinking about the things that I can control. And as I went on, you know, I can live with, I missed a free throw, but I came back the next day and I shot a hundred free throws in practice, you know, or I missed the play, you know, I watched the play to see where I made a mistake or whatnot. So um, I think just for myself, trial and error, but, you know, knowing that if I wasn't good enough, it wasn't because I didn't give my effort. And that's something that I have to be okay with living with. And I always think of um, what are the controllables and what are the uncontrollables in my life? And that's always helped me get it through. And like being honest with yourself, what's your controllables and what are you doing and what's in your hands and what's not in your hands? No, for sure. And then to kind of touch on that, Obviously, I've been fortunate enough to be your teammate twice. Uh, first time in SAC, second in Memphis. I know how Ryan, uh, you know, was able to have a 10-plus year NBA career. But for the people out there, you know, someone being a second-round pick, obviously you're a seven-footer. Uh, just how were you able to stick for so long and just finding your niche in the NBA? Especially, too, like, you know, it became a point in your career where a lot of guys were coming in every year. It's a lot of young guys, one-and-done players. And the game changed a little bit, but you're still able to stick and always have a spot. I would say like competing, man. Like awesome, you always man. find something to, to to like that fire in you because like Ray, you know this, like when it's the middle of the summer and we running in to do a two-a-day workout, you know what I'm saying? Or waking up at 5 a.m. making a two-hour drive to get a train to a training facility on your own. Like <laughs> if you're not really feeling it, you're not all in, you're not gonna make that. So yeah. I think keeping that fire in the competitive spirit. And I just remember even when I was drafted and working out for the draft, man, I was a 50th pick. Hey, Ray, you were a later, later guy too. 
you know, you, you watch those guys, man, I'm better than him. I'm better than him. I'm better than him. Like you find things that, that keep driving you, you keep working. And, you know, I've always, I've been the underdog. I was the guy that was cut from the team in high school. That's another did not know. And it has come to me. Um, but for me, um, I always like, I, I would, I would sit back and I would see someone better than me. And I'm like, nah, I'm better than that person. It's just going to take time for me to work. And then, all right, put in the work and let it develop. And it almost becomes uh, uh, just a, a way of life where you know, like, what's driving you. You, you thrive on those moments. So, right. Ray, you know, it's like you, you, you guys both know, you start to appreciate the, the grind work. And I mm. think anything in life, even beyond basketball, like, when you can appreciate the grind work because you see, you get those little bitty rewards at the end of the tunnel, um, that's the fun part of it. And uh, but you got to appreciate the, the little work with yeah. the knowing why you, you did it. So I think for me, 10 years was always having a chip on my shoulder or competing or going after guys, at least until I figured out like the business of basketball. Where you know, you get the, like the first three or five years, like, dude, you're just playing hard as heck. You don't know the business of basketball. Right. We, we just hope. But <laughs> later on, actually putting a strategy behind it, understanding uh, the numbers and everything and what is expected of myself. You know, when you're a young guy, you give the, you give the young guys the pass. Yeah, man, that's yeah. so good on so many levels, competing chip on your shoulder, appreciating the grind and just that competitive nature and that fire. I mean, that drives you every single day in your basketball career. But also, man, like even you making this pivot, this life pivot from going to the M- from the NBA to becoming a very, very well-spoken on-air ESPN analyst that everybody, you walk outside, people probably know exactly who you are. I'm sure you probably have to have an alias now. Like some of my friends at ESPN have aliases when they check in. So it's 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 that that type of competition that I'm sure is probably what is driving you to become the best on-air analyst. If, and I'm sure you're, you're using these basketball characteristics that you developed as well as pivoting into this this new career, this new journey that you're on. Absolutely, man. Um, I'm still competing. Um, you know, when I get in, I, I had the mindset to prepare and work. You know, another thing people don't know, and Ray can attest to this, like, dude, like, Ray, when you probably saw me broadcasting, it was like, oh, like, huh? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know Ryan, you know, it's funny we're talking in the locker room, but like, that's a whole lot. So, like, I, it was not natural to me. I didn't go to school for broadcasting. Like, that's something I had to work at and learn. And, you know, one thing I believe is taking a conversational, everyday style of speak and then putting it into a form of broadcasting. And the form of broadcasting part was something that I didn't get. What we all have is we can all sit down and talk who? Who's better, LeBron or Michael? Who's the, who's the, the next favorite for a championship next year, right? right? Like, we, we can all sit back and, and talk that talk, but all right, how do you put it into a radio show or a podcast or television? And that's something that I had to learn. And then when those two worlds merged, it, it worked out. But I had to play a lot of catch up. Because like I said, I never went to school uh, for broadcasting. And it, it, was, it was something I had to work really, really, like seriously, like work on. But, but he was preparing himself for it. Because I remember I it. Ben McLemore and myself, we would always joke. You know, Ryan was the true vet, the true professional. He's come to the game, suit and tie. You know what I'm saying? He was coming in fitted every game. Um, But you could tell the way he carried himself. And I would always ask him, like, you know, what are you going to do after basketball? And he would tell me, like, he he wants to get into the broadcasting. And he would always tell me, like, you got to set yourself up, you know, for your next move. 
And when we were in SAC, you would do stuff like, I feel like you were doing stuff on the radio there. You were setting yourself up and then the summertime. And then I'll never forget, I was out here one summer and uh, I look up and I see Ryan, I think it was on Sports Nation. It was some show on ESPN. I remember sending you a video because I was saying you had no waves going that day. <laughs> and, uh, I remember calling everybody. The first person I called was Ben, like, yo, put it on. And I, talk, I think DeMarcus, uh, Rudy, we all saw it. Like, yo, Ryan really made it. You know what I mean? And so that's cool. like, it was cool to see that he was, he was setting himself up. I'm trying to follow your footsteps, man. You got to give me all yeah, the Yeah, hey, this guy's really good. He, he's, he's a natural at it, man. So you take him under your wing and... But you guys will have your own show yeah. together. The Waves. The Good Waves show. The Great Waves. <laughs> Ray has that DNA, man. He, he does. Got that, that magnetic personality, man. Ray going to be all right, whatever he want to do. He, uh, he, 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 could, he, could, he could do it all, you know. And I think, and Ray, I would say for like a guy like you, this ain't the advice for everybody. You got to dabble in everything. You, you know what I'm saying? You got that type of personality, hardworking. Is it coaching? Is it broadcasting? Like right now in 2020, we don't get limited. Like our mom and dad's era and grandparents was like, you're a fireman, you're, you're an officer, you're a teacher. Like that's what you lived and died as in that work. Now you're everything, man. Yeah. And I, I think that's uh, one of the cool things that we, we can be. So I, that, that, that's the biggest thing I, I see, man. You can't limit yourself. And the, I think the cool thing about broadcasting is I have an opportunity to bring all the skills that I've, I've learned and you harnessed it into one because you got to be very knowledgeable uh, when you talk. It's, it, you know, language, it, it's an art. It's a, it's a true art form when you really dive into it. Absolutely, man. You juiced me up with these answers because, like, that is the epitome. Like, we, ha- we, can, we have the ability to speak things into existence that we want to do and do them and prepare every day through this daily grind, prepare for this opportunity to come. Like, for myself, I was I coached with the Nets, so my whole label was always basketball, NBA coach, NBA coach, and I decided I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be a best-selling author, a yeah. worldwide motivational speaker, and I just started doing it, and I started telling people about it, saying I was going to do it, like you did with broadcasting. And then one day it shows up, and everybody just assumes. Now people see you as Ryan Hollins, the broadcaster, and you can yeah. change that narrative. So like the advice you're giving Ray, I mean, to anybody out there, 2020 is not a year of we're stuck, we can't do anything. This is a year of we have this opportunity to pivot this crisis for so many more greater things to come. So, man, you just juiced me up. I had to go off on a tangent there because your energy is infectious to me. And you know what else is infectious? Is your confidence. I absolutely love your confidence. Every time I watch you, you're so you're so convicted with what you say. You never back down. And it's such a uh, infectious characteristic to have. Is there, is there anything that you like that you've done to develop your confidence? Is there any tools or tricks, tactics you would give somebody to? Because that's a lot, man. A lot of people struggle from this imposter syndrome and self doubt. And self confidence is the most powerful tool you can have. Well, I think first off, you have to step outside the box and take a look in at yourself. So, you know, like if my job is to go on TV as an analyst, my job. I don't think about things. I don't wonder like I know things like I'm not paid to wonder. I'm paid to know. So when I speak or I say something about somebody, I'm going to tell you I know it unless if it's a a fact of something in which I'm not sure about, then I'm going to lay that lay that out. But I'm an expert for a reason. So I got to I got to put that down. I mean, I mean, in a debate show, sometimes you're wrong. If you're breaking down analysis, it's very specific. You should never be wrong. Um, But I think you just dive into what that is and. You, you speak from your heart and like 
if you don't believe it, like it shows, it starts, it starts glaring and it shows like, uh, I think this guy may have done this. But <laughs> like, nah, like, you know, it's funny. I learned that very early in my career. Yeah. Like when I was not sure about things and I was saying, and I didn't, you know, wanted to dabble, you know, but you, you, my, some of my biggest advice was like finding what you know and driving it home and, and, and going there. We don't want to speak, speak in maybes and uncertainties and you can always find your angle on things that you know. And then you, you know, you, you, so to speak, you run with it. Yeah. And speaking about that, when I turn on first take and I see you going at Shaq and I see you going at Stephen <laughs> A and Max and these guys, I mean, I, I know you personally, so I know how you are and how confident you are. Like, how, how is it being on set and what you say is how you feel and you got to stick with it. And then they're coming back. They're coming at you. You're going back at them. Like, how is that? Especially someone who never went to school for sports broadcasting and you just kind of learning on your own. Fam, um, that preparation is so tough, you know, yep. because, you know, there's an element where we want to go on and have a good show. Now, sometimes those debates get passionately motivated and you, like, you're really going back and forth with someone and it's, it ain't just TV at that point. Um, but my job is to educate. So, like, if you ever look down, I have, like, two pads full of notes and stats and things and arguments and angles. So, like, I'm preparing. And then I got to make that book of that those notes of preparation come to life. Now, maybe that doesn't work for everyone. Some people in certain situations, they just come off the top. Like, Stephen A has done five three, four, five hours of radio a day and the TV showing those things. You know, when you do it every day, you, you don't even need the notes necessarily. Right. And you can probably go off the top depending on the subject, but your job is to be knowledgeable about it. So I would say competing with somebody, it's, it, there's a form where you want to be good at it. And then when you're in the ring with some of those boys, like, you know, you got to be really articulate, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, the, the cerebral level of intelligence is so high. So with Stephen A or a Max to someone, they're going to find an angle. They're going to, Hey, what would the coach think? What would I do? You know, or, or how do you become intriguing? You know, or a little trick. Hey, anytime you say Kobe, LeBron or Michael or magic, you know, everyone gets flared and fired up, you know, throwing that right. into a debate or a question or, you know, so there's little tips and tricks that you'll have, but going in on a tangent. And I would say the easiest thing to tangenting, that's even word tangenting when you're talking ah, about or something <laughs> like you find your main point and then you just drive on it because I've already studied for four or five hours beforehand and yes. stayed up all night watching the games and looking at the stats. You know what I'm saying? And then if I pull up a stat or a number, I want it to imprint in your mind. And the, like my biggest goal that I started to realize, like I'll go on the show for four hours, man. I'll come off the show and nobody remembered anything I said. I like, yo, that's whack. And then every once in a while, I'll come on and somebody be like, hey, I remember you said this, this, and this, right? Hey, huh? Like a month later, two years later, man, I remember you did that, you know? So like, you know what, dog? I got to be memorable. Nice. When I go nice. on the show, I'm going to say something that you don't remember. So right as I looked at it as no different than, you know, you and myself. We may, coach may not be fooling with us. We come off the bench the last five minutes mm. in the fourth quarter. Dog, we got to make a play that they right. remember. Like, dang, remember Ray got in the lane and looked the defender off and hit the guy or he went in and guarded the guy and took him out. Or, or for me, you got a block shot or block shot or a dunk. Like, 
dog, it's go time. Like, you got to remember me. And then yeah. they're talking about, like, hey, man, Ray played well. Let's see if we get him some more minutes. Like, so it's no different than trying to get some more minutes of broadcast. So if I get those five or 10 minutes, I'm going in, I'm going in on fire. And I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be remembered. Yeah. I, it, it's not about the, the content because you get enough content, you get enough fluff in the air. But my name was buzzing around barbershops. You know, they're going to have to have the respect on my name. It may not yeah. be there right now, but I'm damn good at my job. So if your job is to remember to create content or, or evoke emotion, I put emotion in the air in which everybody may or may not see. But that emotion makes you like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you start thinking. Hey, this, this is who he man, is, man. This, hey, this Brian, is, this, this is, is the why. best that, I've, that we've had on. We've had some great yeah. guests. This is very, very <laughs> powerful. Agree, I'm, no, seriously, man, no I'm height, getting no goosebumps height, yeah. over here because it's you're hitting these these points that are so, so important, like preparation. People see it. Like I had to do it with speaking. The first talk I gave, I gave it 152 times to myself, to other people before I stepped up there on stage. So it's the preparation. That gives you a ton of confidence. People don't see that you put four hours before you go into the show. Like you, you look so in the zone because it's not not just a natural you had to work at it too yeah but you so in the zone because of your preparation and people don't get that they don't want to put in those unseen hours those those hard hours to 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 drive through and you see it too is like man I, i'm gonna try to get my minutes just like in an nba game where I, if i get two minutes i'm gonna make it the best two minutes that's ever been ever been had memorable minutes and just applying that to your life in every area and everything that you do, no matter where you're at, is unbelievable, unbelievably powerful, man. So it's, yeah, I, I, like I'm gonna listen to this podcast every morning just to get yeah. juiced up. Just Keep get preaching fired to him, Holly. Hey, what, what I look like talking to you for an hour and you forgot everything I said. It's true. Oh, there ain't, there's no chance I'm forgetting everything you said. You, you know what I'm saying? But that's hour. that's where I start to realize, like, huh? Mm-hmm. We gotta get your, you. We gotta get you your own show, man. Oh, it'll happen. The Ryan Holland show. The goal, man. That's coming. That's coming, and that's what we're gonna yeah. ask. That's what we're gonna ask you next. What is next? What is that big, crazy, out of this world dream goal that's coming next? For me, it's taking over Tony Robbins. For Ray, it's gonna be a coach. It's gonna it's gonna be the best NBA coach, the best broadcaster. It's gonna be basically anything. The Renaissance man himself. I think for me, um, it would be my own show. You know, it would be yeah. an opportunity. It would be something where I could speak. You know, I, I want to be, if the Dodgers win the World Series, I want to see, I want people to know, what, what, man, well, how did Ryan Hollins feel about it? If yes. Yes. LeBron James retires, I want the first thing to be like, man, what, how did Ryan feel about LeBron retiring? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when yep. you think of your favorite personalities, whoever they may be, when something happens, you kind of gravitate towards them. Oh, man, like, what, what does he think? You know, what, yeah. whether you agree with the person or not. Oh, man, LeBron missed that game winner. Oh, skip. Well, <laughs> skip, <laughs> not like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, I want to be in that range. And I think, you know, developing a style that's organic to myself and being me, you know. And the one thing people are going to have to accept after a while, whether they have it, have it at this certain point, they're going to have to accept me. And I think that, us, that obviously also it takes time. You know, it takes time and work and, and refining, but I'm the guy to come blazing out of the gates. And then like a diamond, you know, you start chopping that diamond away, you create that diamond, you know, it's all rough and all wild and all that. And you go, you go chop it down and, and you refine it, you know? So that's, that's, I can live with, I can live with 
throwing some haymakers and then getting knocked out. You know what I'm saying? But I can't live with <laughs> throwing a few little jabs <laughs> and then <laughs> losing in decision because I got knocked out in my head a couple times, too many times. Man, man, that's so good. And that what what that is is a term that I call relentless consistency. You're just gonna show up the same way with the energy, with the preparation, day after day after day. Understanding it's gonna take time to get there, but you're going to get there because you're taking those one percent steps daily to get there. Man, we you gotta come on stage and speak with me sometime. We'd be throwing some energy, juice. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm. That's what I want to do, man. That, well, that's actually that's the side hustle that I want, man, is the motivational Ooh. speaking. That's the side hustle. I mean, I, I oh try gosh. to do it for the kids anytime I can, but that's, that's the side hustle. Hey, we'll talk after this. I'll, I'll get you linked up there. You'd be really, really good at it. Oh, Dunzo. Sure. Yep. Dunzo. Hit, hit him with the rapid fire, Oh, man. should we go rapid fire on him? Yeah. Okay, all right. We'll dive into the rapid fire as we wrap <laughs> up here. Ray, you started off. Rapid fire is anything that comes to your mind quick. Quick answers, rapid fire. Put him on the hot seat, right. right? So, Hollins, what's your what's your favorite mindset quote that you live by on a daily? Something could be on the fridge, on your mirror. A quote that just I would say. I mean, obviously, like I have one thing I set up is like I want to make sure my relationship with God comes first. So I've set up a lot of um, Bible scriptures that just come to me randomly, and I want to force that into my head, even though my mind gets all over the place. Um, awesome. and I like, uh, I like that quote. I don't know if it's Confucius or who it was. I'm not like, I'm, I'm, I'm the history major cause I don't have a great memory. Um, but like, you know, when I talk to kids and I, you know, one thing I'm big on is that, you know, who, those who believe they can and those who believe they can't are both right. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you digest it is like, when you think you can do it, you're going to go out and you're going to get it cause you believe in you realistic about yourself. But, it, but like even stronger, you honestly don't think you can do something you you struck out it's become impossible it's literally become impossible um so taking you know taking that to heart living living by something something like that and we we talked about the uncontrollables earlier mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that was that was the best yeah answer. you you got you have a lot of quotes that that would be quotable ones i'd put on my fridge on my my instagram my instagram Bro, feed will be some you're giving me instagram uh oh, yeah. captions yeah baby i'm right we're writing these down <laughs> i got right, man y'all, y'all give me a little whatever i will post it we'll rock out <laughs> yeah. yeah. right i love that about your faith too sharing your faith me and ray both the same strong believers in jesus and that's what drives us a higher purpose of what we do we are we're not we don't have a job we don't have a career but we're on a mission on a mission to change people's lives and show them jesus so that's really awesome awesome that you answered that man i loved you before i love you more now my brother all right so next one we got for you what is your definition of leaving a legacy and i think you kind of touched on this earlier about being memorable but what what would be not necessarily the the billboard what the world says legacy is but what's leaving a legacy to you and then for kids i got man oh yeah whether they sink or swim but i i I really it's it's funny the kids were kind of acting up yesterday like i had a talk with them like man like I'm not going to be here one day. And what y'all do is going to be what's left of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe I can leave you some money, a house, or something like that. But who you are, when no one's looking, when there seems to be nothing on the line, like, that's who y'all going to be. That's my legacy right there, you know? And that's tough. That's tough. As it falls in that category we talked about of the uncontrollables. That's it. You talk about a hard thing. <laughs> Kids are the hardest. That's it. Your children are the hardest uncontrollable you will ever have. Man, and you're not even playing man to man. You're playing. <laughs> Oof. 
chase around, recover, help side D. Wow. Got another one for you, man. Hey, <laughs> so after seeing you on first take, what's, what's harder for you to do, to guard Shaq or to argue with Shaq? <laughs> I would say argue. You want to know why? I had to come to realize Shaq is so damn popular. It was ill no matter what. He's made himself so yeah. likable yeah. and so popular that no matter what, it's who the heck is this other guy? Intriguing enough, me and Shaq didn't even really argue if you watch it. Right. Shaq was just kind of like, why this? Why that? Oh, right. you're crazy. Why that? Why that? Like, Shaq really didn't want to, he didn't want to verbally joust. You know what I'm saying? Big fella don't want that action. But he was the entertainment. Oh, man, what's in your cup? What's this? You know, boo, boo, boo. Oh, really? Ha, ha, ha. You know, he sat back. But Shaq, the thing is, you're not going to be more popular than Shaq. Who the heck is this skinny guy on there with Shaq? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're, you're taking that L. You're taking that L. You know, like, Ray, I'm your boy. So you're like, oh, look at Ryan. You watching. But a lot of people, just the common folks that, who, what's wrong with this guy? Man, yeah. Shaq. Yeah, I guess, yeah, but you will change the narrative, man. You'll flip the tables, and Shaq's a very, very smart guy. I mean, El Hassan's told me stories about how sharp and smart that guy is, but he's built himself an amazing brand. All right, right. We got to talk about the opinionated seven footers. You and Brendan Haywood podcast. Tell us about it, man. What's give, give us the give us the spiel? Biggest thing that we're gonna do, and you know, I think for myself is. Me and Brendan had always been spurred to do something together because we just mm. we just clash and we talk. He's incredibly intelligent, seasoned in the game. We have very similar. Both love to play chess. Like both like football probably more than basketball, which is crazy <laughs> for you know multi you know decade plus veterans on both sides. And when we came together. It was like man, let's connect on this podcast. And the one thing that we do is it's our chance to like hoop nerd out, you know, like I'm a big hoop nerd, like cool. I can entertain y'all on first take or talk on this stuff, but like, ah, like, ah, like, like let's talk some real hoop. Like let's talk about the weak side tag and developing a, a, a shooter versus a driver. Or how do you win a championship with a, you know, a, a, a you know, a team not pushing the salary cap, you know, what's, what's more important, your role players or your start. Like we want to get into that type of talk with these guys. And I think even bigger, um, similar to you guys is, like we storytell, man. And I, I look at it when with the opinion of seven seven footers, myself and Brendan, like we storytell because since the time we were little baby little types, with it, how old you are, you always got engaged into a story. You love the story. So when I talk to these guys and these players, I want them to look, not just look like a million bucks, but I want I want to hear their stories. I want to hear awesome. how they became them, how they, you know. You know, through yep. the yep. game-winning layup over the backboard, and then came <laughs> back and won a championship the next year, and you know, got in the gym, like, you know, every single day since, or or cried until they got home. You, like we want, we want those real life stories. You know, we we yeah. make that's so what good. me and Brendan uh, pretty much do with the podcast. So I think it's a cool way to have those connections and stay intertwined with our guys um, in the league. You know, so that's I think Man. that's the biggest spill you know, maybe we have there other than just having fun with guys. That's a, that's an amazing, amazing concept for it too, man. So is it is it going now? Can we listen to that on? We're up now. Uh, YouTube, okay. YouTube, iTunes, iTunes. Spotify. Okay. Uh, we're yeah. up. We're up now. Uh, we've got uh, Paul Pierce 
uh, coming up soon. We just got champion, world champ, Quinn Cook. Um, oh, that's so we, my we guy. Quinn Cook's man. my guy. Yes. He's one of the best, dog. Great he's guy. All, yeah. the all those good guys stick together. New Brady, <laughs> Quinn, all these, there's all these good guys in fraternity. We already know. Hey, 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 hey pick your brain. Yeah, so, sure. All guys awesome. stick together, man. So, so how can, how can, for the people out there, how can we follow you? Twitter, Instagram, like give us all the names we can follow. Pretty all this much on. just Ryan Hollins. You can find me putting Ryan Hollins in on any, any of these social platforms. Um, I have them all. And then obviously Twitter, they're Ryan Hollins. Um, you'll see me and you'll see the verified check there. And I try to engage and have fun as best as I can with everybody on there. You know, as long as you don't curse or say something wild, um, <laughs> like I'll, I'll interact with you. You know, we try to have some fun though. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool, man. And on the last question before we let you off this Pivot and Go podcast, if you could leave somebody, a younger you version or a kid, the advice of they're feeling stuck. They're feeling stuck. They can't achieve their dreams, their goals. If you could leave them one piece of advice to be able to pivot out of that mindset and become unstuck, what would you leave them with? Um, I'll say maybe three steps. First off, tell me what you love. What do you dream of? Nice. First off, what do you love? Like, you got to let me know what you love. Like, I didn't know I loved the game of basketball until my coach put me on the bench. I played again. And I cried like a baby after the game. Then I realized I love the game of basketball. Like, I love this. Like, I will go through the fire for this. Because when you love something, you'll do it um, on those days that you don't really feel like doing it. And it ends up being all worthwhile. So first, identify what you love. Two, find out how you can do what you love for a living. How can you stay around what you love for, for a living? All of us aren't going to be seven feet. So if you love the game of basketball, you can be a basketball coach. You can be a broadcaster. You can be around something that you love. There's more than one way to skin a cat. But after you establish what you love and then be realistic and go work at it, go grow at it, you know, do what you're supposed to do. Whether if you're a kid, do your schoolwork. If you're an adult, take your everyday job, but take what you love and then dabble in that on the sides and see if you can make money. I feel like, man, I haven't worked a day in my life. And my mindset, I went to school, I played basketball. I graduated, was the NBA, played basketball. I graduated from the NBA, we call it graduation, not retirement. We graduated from the NBA, we talk about basketball, you know? So find what you love and you just find ways to just hold on and stick around it. And if you can monetize it, you know, even better. That, but that's that's the goal. I mean, dude, kids get paid to play video games nowadays. Right. Like, dude, like if you love video games, like, all right, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> Man, that is such a great answer. It's a great way to leave it in. We're just honored and blessed to have you on this podcast, man. Like, we could go on for hours just firing back, juicing me up like crazy. But but really, man, you're an, you an absolute inspiration to so many, a light to so many. And just, like, like, really just showing people that if you have a goal, if you have a dream, you can do it. Just go do it. So we really appreciate your time, man. Thank you for coming on. Oh, man, appreciate y'all, man. And like I said, keep up the good work. You guys have something you know, really cool here with anything that I could ever do, man. But y'all, y'all keep it up, man. Love, love what you guys got going here with the, with the good positive energy, man. And you, you stay with that stuff. It is going to grow, man. But I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of Ray, you, Ray, you know that, man. So um, you guys keep it up. Anything you ever need from, from my side. My guy, I appreciate best, you, man. man. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving your time to me and listening to this 1% podcast. Without you, none of this would be possible. The feedback, the reviews, the ratings you give this podcast help to grow the audience and the reach 
for us to be able to bring on new guests each week and provide that 1% daily steps we can all implement from top NBA players, from high performers, and just from amazing people doing amazing things to better this world. And it's all because of you. And if you could, I will shout you out, personally thank you, leave a review on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone. Five stars if you love it, one star of course if you hate it, and leave a comment of what you liked about it or questions, suggestions that you might have. Post on social media and tag me at David Nurse NBA, and I will repost the reviews the podcast gets. I'll shout you out personally for sure. Thank you so much for being the best community, the best family, the best 1% squad. So blessed for all of you out there. Now go out there today and speak a word of encouragement into someone. You can and you will make a difference.